we are calling on all citizens of Israel to exercise heightened caution when traveling anywhere abroad. We are also asking citizens, and truly I cannot believe that we are doing this, we are asking all citizens to avoid displaying any outward signs of their Israeli or Jewish identity when traveling anywhere in the world. That was one of uh, many Israeli spokespeople over the last few days putting out the warning for Jews not to travel anywhere. And of course, don't look Jewish. And uh, certainly uh, the threat against Jews has gone so bad that um, you can't travel really anywhere. But have you seen Europe? Europe is just, the images are crazy. Their streets filled up with uh, protests against Israel. Uh, they've elevated their terror threat because of lone wolf attacks. A teacher just stabbed uh, three days ago with the killer yelling Allah Akbar. And so uh, French President Emmanuel Macron is now requesting a review of all foreign immigrants with ties to radical extremists for possible deportation. And so this becomes a question of, is this something we should look at here? I know most progressives' head, heads would blow up, but if there are people in this country on student visas, visas or work visas or temporary visas, that they're not citizens of this country, and they are seen to be supporting terror or breaking the laws— and, you know, breaking hate speech laws. Why, would, why, why do you get to stay? Let me bring in uh, someone who might be able to answer that question. Giddy Mammon, immigration lawyer with Mammon Sandulak and uh, Kingswell. Good to uh, have you with us, sir. Thank you for having me, Alex. This is something that France is looking into as well. I think Germany was looking into. There are European countries that are seeing that diversity is not their strength. And so they're trying to get real tough with these protests and saying, look, if you're at one of these protests, if you're seen breaking the law, you're gone. Is it something that we should look at? Well, I think uh, they're finally starting to look at their own demographics. Uh, Since this thing happened on December 7th in uh, Gaza and in southern Israel, um, you know, the whole world sort of lit up over that thing. And now for the first time, they can see uh, who is really in their country. And they're seeing hundreds of thousands of people gathering, sometimes in violent ways. And they can start seeing what the future could look like if their immigration policies remain the same. So um, in this particular situation, this this fellow that triggered this um, uh, news article uh, murdered a French teacher the 20-year-old uh, Chechen immigrant, mm-hmm. and he was already on a watch list. They were already nervous about this guy, and so he was on a French watch list. And sure enough, he committed murder. So what the um, uh, what Macron is saying is, hey, we have this watch list. Maybe we should go through it very carefully now. And people who we are suspecting of being dangerous to, to French society, let's get them out. So he instructed his minister uh, to do that review within 48 hours and how many people are you know are they actually going to be able to screen or make decisions on in 48 hours i don't know but they're definitely looking to get rid of people who would pose a threat to france Um, in canada we have laws uh, which allow us to get get rid of permanent residents to deport permanent residents for example if they engage in an act of violence that could endanger lives or safety of people in Canada. And so so let me stop you there, because I would bring up the case of the, the Humboldt truck driver, right, where he got into this accident, kills 17 people, and, and then part of his 
punishment is that he gets kicked out of the country, which right now they're in the midst of uh, appealing. I'm actually not even sure where it, where it stands right now, but that would be one case, right? Where they're, where, where they're doing that. I, I'm not even talking about that. I'm talking like, let's just put the baseline at you're promoting terror. You're involved with, you know, funding for terror, those kinds of things. Right. So, you know, a lot of the demonstrators that we see in Canada and, in, in, you know, even in the United States and Europe, these are people who are reacting in support of what happened on October 7th. Hamas is clearly a terror organization. What they did on October 7th clearly constitutes terrorism. It constitutes a crime against humanity. It is a despicable thing that uh, people saw with their own eyes uh, on the media all over the world. And when they march down the street uh, glorifying that and justifying that, it starts to make you wonder, are these are these people who support this sort of thing a danger to Canadian society? Now, many of them are Canadian citizens, and if they are Canadian citizens, you're more or less out of luck unless somehow they lied about who they are and what they've been up to before they become Canadian citizens. The rest of them who are foreigners, students, visitors, even permanent residents of Canada are subject to uh, Canada's security laws as they are defined under uh, the immigration uh, laws that we have. And as I said, if you act in, in if you're engaging in an act of violence that could create danger for Canadians, then you can lose your permanent resident status. Now, of course, it's going to be up to the CBSA to, you know, arrest somebody, uh, make this allegation against them and see if it holds up in court and if it survives constitutional scrutiny. But that would be the argument that I think needs to be uh, made if the government wants to go in that direction. Well, well, but the thing is, we're not even allowed to have the conversation, right, Giddy? I mean, <clears throat> Stephen Harper tried back uh, in 2015 to put through a law that would make it illegal to to carry a terror flag in our streets or promote terror, those kinds of things. I think those things should be brought in. I think we've got to protect the values of our country. That was deemed, you know, racist. So every time we try to even have this conversation, and I think there is a reasonable conversation to be had about this, we can't have it because you're automatically a racist. But I also think now, in light of what people are seeing in Europe and in light of what we're seeing here in Canada, which is not nearly as big a, as Europe, but it'll get there, is, you know, what do people need to know when you're coming in? I'm not talking citizens, but if you're here trying to become a Canadian citizen or visiting this country and you can't uphold the laws of values, I, I, I think a lot of people would say, why do you get to stay? Why, why would you be protected by charter rights? It's, it's a very good question. So let me tell you, our immigration system wants to know what kind of education do you have, what language do you speak, what kind of work experience do you have, and what kind of family do you have in Canada. Those are basically the questions that we ask for permanent residents. And if you've got those things, uh, you're going to get landed. Now, three years later, as long as your feet are, are on Canadian soil for three years, you get to apply for citizenship. And in just a few minutes, you put up your hand, you swear an oath to the queen or to the country or whatever it is that you're swearing an oath to, and that's it. You're, you have the right to be here forever. The problem is that nowhere along the line did anybody ask you whether or not you believe in democracy, you believe in freedoms that we cherish in Canada, do you believe in the model of government that we have, not the necessary government that we have in place today, but generally do you believe in a parliament of democracy and people being able to live their lives freely and live and speak and you know, pray to whatever God they want to and do whatever they, 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 they feel like doing without being molested by somebody? Do you believe in that way of life? And the truth is 
that we don't know if they do or not because we don't screen for that. So now we have taken in, into our society a partner in building a country that may not believe in what you're, you're doing. And if you take a look at, for example, in 1979, when the U.S. Uh, embassy was taken over by the students, the Iranian students, uh, they wanted democracy. Uh, well, they got democracy. The Ayatollah regime was voted in, and that was the last election that they had. And if you take a look at the situation in the, in the Gaza Strip in 2016-2017, uh, there was an election, Hamas was elected, and that was the last election that they had. Yeah. So you, you have to be careful about people using democracy who don't, for, 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 you know, to get into power. But once they get into power, they're not married to the concept of democracy. They're not committed to that concept because many parts of the world don't have that kind of democracy. They have monarchies. They have emirates, they have uh, sultans, they have all kinds of things, but they don't have democracies. And uh, that's the question. We have to figure out whether or not we're going to start sizing up people, um, you know, on the question of are you committed to this kind of peaceful, democratic, um, in, enlightened, tolerant, liberal country that we have? Albeit, I, I would think a lot of immigrants, whether they're Muslim or Indo-Canadian, whatever, that would welcome stuff like this because they're the ones... You know, you look at the Iranian community. They're the ones that get bullied uh, by, by the regimes, you know, like China. I mean, there are people in our country that are not protected because we're too scared to have these conversations, right? That's right. And now Europe is having those conversations. And they're wondering, what have we done? Yeah. We, we are losing the streets. We're losing control of our culture. We're losing, like, people in France, people in Germany are afraid to be French. They're afraid to be German because... Um, there is a uh, sort of an underclass that is not tolerant of the way they live. And that underclass right now is becoming uh, more and more visible and more and more threatening to the average, um, you know, citizen of Europe. Canary in the coal mine. We'll see. I think this is a conversation that uh, politicians don't want to have, but I do think it's coming. So I appreciate you uh, giving some clarity on it. Giddy, thank you. Thank you for having me. Giddy Mammon. Always very generous with uh, his time on this. So look, this is a conversation we should be allowed to have. It is not racist to have it.